0: This is The Ignition Show. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to our podcast. My name is Chris Janssen, host of The Ignition Show, and our aim is to bring you a regular dose of ideas, insights, and inspiration you can actually use in the pursuit of your full potential and ignite the flame within you to live your best and full life. In addition to bringing you in-depth conversations with amazing guests, Every other week, I'm gonna sit down in front of the microphone and share with you some of the most important lessons and nuggets of wisdom I've encountered from training more than 10,000 people over the last decade and also from the thousands of hours of intimate one-on-one conversations I've had with my coaching clients. So grab a pen or simply sit back and take in today's message. Let it sink in and ask yourself, how does this show up in my life? How can I apply the points that resonate with me to my life today? And what would happen if I did? All right, let's go. Let's dive in. Let's move over to the Coach's Corner. It's been said that if you want an average life, copy the masses. If you want an extraordinary life, zig when others zag, or take the road less traveled. And a reminded of that especially this week, as the world unites in self-imposed isolation, with the COVID-19 virus or the coronavirus sweeping the planet. While, of course, it is a serious topic and there are serious risks to our health and our economy and our way of life, it's also an occasion to remember the law of opposites. There's actually two versions I've heard of the years of the law of opposites. One would say, do the opposite of the masses, and you usually end up okay. You know, there's a lot of data that would back that up. You know, With a population that's rising 50, 60, 60 plus percent in some countries that is obese, if you do the opposite of what people do, the odds are you're going to end up healthier, fitter, with more vitality and energy. Financially, 80% of baby boomers today in America are, are have debt. 80% of Gen Xers and 82% of millennials are carrying debt. So, if you do the opposite of what the masses are doing, likely you'll be more debt-free. Now, that isn't always the case, but it's a good rule of thumb, of course. The second definition of the law of opposites is that there's two sides to any event. What's bad for one is good for another. For example, if there's a fender bender or a car breaks down, it's bad for the car owner, but it helps mechanics get work and create a living. If an employee leaves a company, someone gets a new job and fills that position or gets promoted into that position. When schools close due to the virus, kids and parents get creative on how to fill the day with games and new activities. Or at least, that's the theory. I've seen many of my friends post on Facebook and they're pulling their hair out. But here's the rub. What you focus on always expands. The more angst and annoyance you bring to a situation, the more you're going to feel that, just like the more creativity and resourcefulness you bring to an experience that will expand your opportunities for new ideas and new new solutions and new ways forward. So knowing that there's always some good in any bad situation, the law of opposites challenges you to constantly ask yourself three questions. Number one, what does the majority typically do in this situation? What are the masses doing in this situation? Number two, what results do these people normally get in this situation when they do what the masses are doing? And number three, what good could come from this? Where is the good in this? Where is the opportunity? So while the world is wrapped up in the uncertainty and the daily shifts and in dealing with the coronavirus, I came across an interesting bit of research that shed the light on just the truth that where our focus goes, our energy flows. I came across a research done by a, a company where they were interviewing dozens of CEOs just this past week to unpack their psychology, their plans, and their current experiences. This work was done by Todd Herman and his company. And what they did was they interviewed people, they took the transcripts of those interviews, then they fed the transcripts into some software to analyze the words and the phrases and the language that these CEOs were using. Because in the world of performance, the language of people achieving markedly different results than others is translated in their word choice and language. It's not the only thing, but it's the easiest thing to study, monitor, and change. The bottom line is, as we've talked about before in this podcast, your words create your reality, and the words you use matter. And looking at the data, the researchers were able to identify three distinct groups. And they called these groups, number one was the fear-focused CEOs. This group is the most emotional, most concerned, and most overwhelmed. The unfocused CEOs. This group was one that was still uncertain on what to do, playing wait and see, and was the most dismissive at the consequences or the seriousness of the coronavirus. The third group was what they called the strategy-focused CEOs. This group is the most focused on taking what is given and using it while still focusing on growth and opportunity. And here are the tidbits that are fascinating. The fear-based group, they were consuming five times more media than the strategy-focused group. They used the word government 11 more times than the strategy-focused group. They used the word coronavirus or COVID-19 seven times more than the strategy-focused group. They used the word feel six more times. And they used negative future-pacing words like struggle, fear, hard, or difficult 13 more times than the strategy-focused group. On the other hand, the unfocused CEO group was consuming 3.5 times more media than the strategy-focused group. Again, the fear focus, the one we just talked about, was using five times more media. This group was using three and a half times more media than the strategy-focused group. They used the word plan in a negative or needs-based way, eight times more. And the word finding in an emotional way, I'm finding this difficult, I'm finding this challenging, I'm finding so much uncertainty. They use the word finding six times more. They also use the word hysteria three times more than the strategy focus group. They also talk a lot more about vacation or taking time off during this. And conversely, compare that to the strategy focus group. They were three times more likely to know about Taiwan's response to the coronavirus which, if we are not clear, Taiwan has the fastest, smartest, and most measured response. Despite incredibly close proximity to China, it had dramatically low numbers of cases when compared to other nations. The strategy focus group was nine times more likely to be shifting product and service offerings. They were four times more likely to already have made changes to their teams, and they used the words action or opportunity six times more than the other groups. And lastly, they used positive future-pacing words 13 more times than the other groups. They also leaned into their peer network of other CEOs about plans for growth, sustainability, and opportunities. So the summary of this research was very interesting. The fear-focused group was the most negative and was watching too much media, which occupied their time on the blame game, which clouds judgment and is preventing them from seeing what can be done. The unfocused group, had a bit of a head in the sand thinking. It could have easily been classified as part of the fear-based group, but they demonstrated some slightly different traits, mostly in the way they talked about finding a plan or getting a plan more than the fear-focused group. But the strategy-focused group leaned way more on healthy networks and focused on solutions more, were overall more positive and felt more secure than others. Some of this was because they didn't consume a lot of fear and negativity. So how does this apply to you? Well, if you reflect on what you've been doing and what you've been thinking and what you've been consuming over the last week or so, which of these three groups would you put yourself in? Are you consuming too much media and occupying too much time on the problems and the fear? Are you unfocused, waiting to see, letting other people take the lead, delaying decisions, or simply telling yourself that there isn't much choice? Everything is thrown upside down and there's no way to control the chaos. Or are you in the strategy focus group? Are you being proactive and seeing the opportunity in this? In every bad, there's a good. So what is the good here? What is the opportunity? In any time of crises and challenge, it is your job to find the opportunity. And it is your job to see the good in this problem. Personally, I've been inspired by people posting on social media how they are offering to run errands and do jobs for the elderly or those not well. If your favorite restaurants are closed and you want to support some local businesses, go online and buy a gift certificate. Buy it directly from the restaurant so they can use the cash in the coming weeks. And you can then take your special someone out for a great dinner when the dust is settled and businesses are back open. And if you're stuck at home with the kids, maybe this is the perfect opportunity to teach them some new skills, engage them in new activities, and having some good quality family time talking about what you want to create in the future and what can be exciting for the year ahead. And if work workers slowed down and you've got some extra time for yourself, what is that project you've always wanted to get started? What is that room you want to clean up? How can you make this an incredibly productive week when you finally have some more time to yourself? There's always something good in every problem. Make it your job to find some good or to spread some good this week. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We always want you to get it the most of the time you've invested here. So this show is only valuable if you apply what you learned. And most learning, as I mentioned, is generated from reflection. So we'd love to hear from you and your reflections and what you learned or found interesting. Please join our community and go to theignitionshow.com slash connect. That's theignitionshow.com slash connect. And let us know what struck you. And what was it that you heard today that you really needed to hear today? You can leave us an audio message or join our Facebook group and participate in the conversation there, where we'd love to hear your comments and follow-up questions. As always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show, rate the show, or leave a review on iTunes. It helps others find us and helps us get better. We read every single review and comment that comes through iTunes, Facebook, and our website, and respond to as many people as we can. And lastly, remember, whatever you dream of, whatever you hope for, and secretly wish you had, you're closer than you think you are, you're meant to have it, and you absolutely deserve it. Until next time, I'm Chris Jansen, and this is The Ignition Show.